Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. You guys, 2 Thessalonians 3, no introduction. <laughs> no introduction because we repeat the same introductions 400 times. Here's the thing. You already know who it is. <laughs> We're just going to jump. I guess there, there has been times. That, and it has been really fun that you've been on the podcast with other folks. Mm-hmm. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. but, well, one day we'll just get really unruly and it, Clark won't even be here. It'll just be me with guests. Yeah. Like, meaning like our kids. Hey. That, those <laughs> will be my guests. Oh, that'd be pure entertainment. People pay for that. Yikes, you guys. Hey, let's keep going at Thessalonians though. Really good stuff. That we've read so far and uh, and today as well. So Clark, kick it off. All right. Right away in verse one, it says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and even people, for not everyone has faith. One of the things that I notice in mm-hmm. Paul's writing is when I compare it to like my life and my prayer life is there's a shift in prayer request from only personal needs to kingdom action. So please note, I'm saying mm-hmm. only personal needs because it's okay to pray for personal things. God wants that. He knows what you need. He knows the desires and the longings of your heart. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's going to sanctify and refine those things. Mm-hmm. So please keep praying. But notice what Paul does is Paul Paul widens his prayer perspective, and it feels more powerful when you read the Bible and what he's praying for. He's praying mm-hmm. for kingdom action. Paul asked for a prayer in all of his other letters, so he must have had some understanding yeah. that prayer is a necessary part of uh, quote-unquote success in ministry. Like It's dependent on prayer mm-hmm. to some extent, where, like, all right, I'm not even sure how prayer quote-unquote works, but when you're calling out to God, saying, God, in our humanity, we can't do this without you. We need you to intervene. We need more of your spirit's movement. We need less of us and, and greater amounts of you. Mm-hmm. You just trust and you see in the Bible that that is often where God moves. And with throughout church yeah. history, that's where revivals are born. When people are on their knees saying, I cannot do this myself. We need you to move, God. We need you to act. And so I just really appreciate Paul's prayer here. He's not praying for himself to be comforted or him to get like, um, you know, new scrolls and pens to write on. He's, he's praying that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. And so I'm, I've been trying mm-hmm. to pray for our family at night as we go mm-hmm. over each kid and uh, reflecting on the day. Like, God, would you use our family to tell the world about Jesus? Would you mm-hmm. use Emmanuel mm-hmm. Reformed Church to tell the world about Jesus? When I'm praying for non-Christians, I'm praying that the eyes yeah. of their heart would be opened and enlightened to the ways of God. I'm praying for people I don't know that they would be brought from the darkness into the light. So I'm trying to pray scriptures yeah. back to God, but praying them like Paul prayed, because he prayed kingdom prayers. And I need to spend more time praying and, and consulting the Lord when it comes to matters of just life and ministry, mm-hmm. I think we'll get to heaven someday yeah. and we'll see like how prayer again, like worked and I'll go doggone it. If I knew this when I was on earth, I would have prayed way more. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to have that mentality now. Just like, this is a gift. There's so many scriptures that call us to pray. I need to do a better job of taking this more seriously and just doing like little prayers throughout the day, little prayers throughout the day, but mm-hmm. that continuously praying like Paul yeah. gets that in other letters. Yeah. And like you're saying, continuously praying, wide 
big gospel oriented things. Powerful, risky prayers. Yeah. Yeah. It continues guys. And I like it because it says for not everyone has faith, but Mm -hmm. the Lord is faithful. Uh He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just really rich. That's meat and potatoes right there. <laughs> um, I think, you know, again, I, I, we don't know the ins and outs of whatever's going on, but whatever is going on in your life or what's going on here in, um, with Paul and with the church is it is more than enough um, to hand over to the Lord. He is more than faithful that uh, he can, you know, he's, it's kind of one of those things where we have, blinders on by our experience. So sometimes it's like, well, you know, my family didn't do that, or I wasn't raised that way, or I haven't. And it's kind of when you read Paul, it's, he's giving you the words. He's saying, no, here's the text. Here's, here's a reminder about who God is. And so even if this hasn't been like your experience in your human experience, this is our experience as the church together, that we serve and we love a God that's faithful, that he's able to strengthen you and that he will do it. Mm -hmm. And then more than that, he's going to protect you from the evil one. So that's one of those things too. That's a really good reminder. Just these one lines that not only a reminder of who God is, but also a reminder of who Satan is and his positioning that we can actually have confidence like that in our prayers, but then also in our, in our mission, in our ministry, because Satan, um, he's not going to just be doing whatever he wants to do all the time, always and forever. He's on a leash. Yeah. And really the, the God that we are loved by, um, is the one who oversees all this. And so there's other scriptures in the new Testament that speak of this too, the temptation and the evil one. Mm-hmm. And how God's faithful in all of it. First Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has taken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let, let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Mm. Luke 22, verses 31 through 32 say this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you, which is we learned that this is, this is you plural, Um, as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So remember this, folks, even this, if this wasn't something that you experienced in your family or your upbringing or even in life today, that you can't, this is the truth, that you can have confidence in the Lord, that you, that you can do what's commanded. You can have faith because God's faithful. And so we pray, God, that you would direct our hearts. And there's no, there's nothing that's happening in your life or in this world that is outside of God's supervision and, and power. Yeah. There's not like God's looking down going, oh no, look what's happening in Clark's life today. Satan pulled a fast one. He surprised me. How do you sure. do this? You mm-hmm. know, um, it's all under his oversight. Mm-hmm. If you go back to like the person of Job, he was a godly man, righteous, great character. Mm-hmm. And Satan came to the right. Lord after roaming the earth and was basically telling God, like, yeah, Job's such a great guy because you bless him with all this stuff. He's got an easy mm-hmm. life. And God's like, all right, you give him my permission. You cannot kill him, but you may cause pain in his life. Um, and he does, and only to prove again that Job truly loves the Lord and submits to the Lord, even when Job in his humanity doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah. But you and I can fall back on our confidences in God because we've seen his goodness in the cross. We know how much he loves us, and so we're going to lean in and hold on to what 
what he has for us. Mm -hmm. And so verse six continues and it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you brothers and sisters to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching that you receive from us. And so here the word is withdraw from quote unquote believers who are disorderly and not living by the word. When it says Mm -hmm. does not live, that highlights deliberate disobedience. And so there are people in every organization that go against the rules. And unfortunately, the same is for the church Mm -hmm. body. You know, you want to have an open door policy. You can come as you are. Everybody come as you are. But not one of us gets to stay as we are. And unfortunately, there are people who come, want to cause problems. It's usually out of their own pain they're acting, where they're gossiping or slandering or asking questions just to be provocative and stirring the pot, not really trying to grow and help other people grow. Paul's saying if that's happening mm-hmm. in your church, then separate from them. Because if you recall, if you go back to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul gave a very stern word, word um, towards these unruly people. And so since this is the second letter to the church in Thessalonica, Mm -hmm. these folks must have not listened because the problem still remained. And so Paul Mm -hmm. is saying, hey, talk to these people, make sure there's organization, there's clarity in your worship, and there's proper boundaries as you're relating to each other in the church. Oh, second Thessalonians, they all didn't listen. Time to tell them to get out of here because this is a problem that's still remaining. It's time to separate from them. And so Mm -hmm. there's this two-sided coin I want you to hear, listener, that one, you and I are supposed to fight for people. Pray for them, Mm -hmm. encourage them, invite them to church. Uh, Bless, 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 bless. And when there does come a time for correction and rebuke and uh, giving them maybe a hard word, you're able to do that because you've loved them genuinely and sincerely so well. And so when that hard word comes, it's important and you do it because that's what's good for the church. That's what's good for your small group. That's what's good for your family. Mm -hmm. And there's a necessary timeline. You have to draw a line and say, it's been crossed. There's a better way to do this. And again, this is not so that people can, um, you know, just fight or air out their arguments or their disagreements. It's for the church to be encouraged. It's for people to grow to become more like Jesus. In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he gets even more extreme. In chapter oh, five, it says, he's talking about, a. this is really perverted, but he's talking about a man who is sleeping with his father's wife. So let's just mm-hmm. say his mom died. This is his stepmom. Try to make it a little better. I don't know. He says, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Now you might be reading that going, why is right. God given such a harsh and extreme command? Well, the hope here is that they realize the world and that the sexual morality they've given themselves to has zero life in it. In fact, Mm -hmm. not only is there zero life in it, it takes life. It's not good. So the hope is when you hand someone over to Satan, you go, you've chosen life apart from God. Go enjoy the things of the world for the few minutes you do that. And then when you go to bed at night, you will still understand how lonely and angry you are Mm -hmm. or whatever the problem is. And hopefully, by the Spirit's power, their heart will be touched. They'll be convicted right. of their sin, and they'll come back knowing, man, I, I tried I tried the way of the world, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I'm not satisfied. I don't have purpose. I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel loved. Um, it's a bait and switch. I need something else. And that's where the church steps in and goes, hey, mm-hmm. we're here for you. But like everybody else in this church, you got to repent and say, I'm willing to to let go of the things that aren't godly and helpful. The whole come as you are, but I'm going to change. I want to grow like Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you do a number on me mm-hmm. and make me like Jesus, please? Right. But you got to be willing to cooperate in that that process. Hmm. 
Verse seven continues kind of saying like we, cause, cause we know what we should be doing here guys. So that's why like separation for you ourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. Mm. On the contrary, we worked night and day laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to avoid ourselves as a model for you, sorry, offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. Mm. So again, we want folks that are, we're all like-minded and going the same direction so that those people around us, like I just think about the little ones in their community and how, you know, when someone is baptized on Sunday morning, we all stand up, not just the family, not just the extended family, not just the elders, but the whole congregation stands up and they say, Hey, will you help us? Like, can we help each other? Can we, um, can we model and can we live an example for what it looks like to surrender daily to Jesus Christ? And so you think about that and how really that's kind of where learning <laughs> really takes root when it's like, okay, I hear these things and maybe I understand concepts, um, but what does that look like in my life? Hmm. And that's one of the things that these, the new churches kind of an accent that what's going on were so heavy actually on like, um, on embodied practices yeah whether it was fasting or whether it was positional praying or whatever and it's that like that because it seeps deep into our not just our brain and our hearts but but our body like how we are we're just doing these things because they're routine and because they're um habitual and so that's why imitating and doing life with each other like that is is actually such a gift. It's important. Yeah, we need role models and examples. Mm-hmm. And verse 10 is another powerful verse. It says, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. And I want to make this very clear. There's a huge difference between cannot work yeah. and will not work. Right now in just our cultural moment, there's a lot of jobs out there. And I've had mm-hmm. to have a couple hard conversations with some men at our church who are taking hand, hand me outs from the government and being lazy. And I'm saying, hey, if you call yourself a Christian, that's not the way we do this. Like you have gifts mm-hmm. and skills and abilities. You need to get out there and work hard, have some, in a godly sense, have some pride about yourself and your life mm-hmm. and contribute to society. That's one of the things that set Christians apart for so long. Christianity is not about what can I get, but it's about what can I give? And that might require you working at the restaurant or working at the the local service or the clothes store or whatever the school is. I don't know, whatever, wherever it is, there's jobs, options left and right. And Paul is saying, if you're not willing to work, then you shouldn't get to eat. And uh, my prayer is that as we at Emmanuel and just the Christian church today hear these words, those words would be encouraging and also cut deep in a good way, just reminding us that we're here to contribute. When you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, one of the, the first things God called us to do was to work. That's like a, a deep mm-hmm. calling in the heart of humanity. Mm-hmm. And God had created all this beauty in the world and said, here's the raw material. Here's the, mm-hmm. the land. Here are the animals. Now handle them with care and make something beautiful and good out of this. God gave us the gift mm-hmm. of creativity and being able to write code and solve problems and build things and talk to people and help them with their problems. So, You've got blessings, you've got skills, you've got abilities God's given you. Now use them for the glory of God. And if you know somebody that's just um, taking handouts and just sitting at home when they are fully capable of working and they call themselves a Christian, you go, hey, verse 10, man, or woman, like, 
one who's unwilling to work, they shouldn't eat. Let's do this together because God's got good plans for you. And I know that you're going to be a blessing to the place that you go. Big difference between cannot work and will not work. We got to work. I think that's the, another point too that you could just harp on is, is because we're a community that lives together, there and we're called to take care of the orphan and the widow. We're called to take care of people who, who cannot. Yeah, like take care of themselves. They cannot take care of themselves. And so um, when you when you have folks that will not, then I think that's that's confusing. Then can continue to get confusing. So Paul's going to bring clarity in verses 11, 12, 13. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people are... Com- we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing mm-hmm. what is good. Yeah, there's that old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I have so much joy. I won't use any names here because I don't want to embarrass anybody. They're, they're pretty uh, quiet folks and just work behind the scenes. There are some, mm-hmm. some elderly people at our church that are a couple of generations ahead of us, mm-hmm. for you and I, Bobby Jean, at least that have walked the walk and talked the talk, and they don't yeah. even know what the word retirement is. They just had right. a complete shift in their life and their calling is mm-hmm. what it was. Like they might not be doing the same job they used to do, but they are just as active. I'm not saying busy. They're just as active in the world in different shapes and ways and forms today. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's physically, there's an older gentleman from our church that I see who is out and uh, he would call it a run. For, for me as a young man, you're calling that a walk. But he is using his body and attempting to run around the neighborhood, staying active and going. And every time I see him go, I'm like, what a stud. I hope I'm there when I'm like 80 or 85, whatever he is, because he's going for it. He's living his life. And this person, too, is mentoring kids from the local public schools after school, teaching them how to read and how to calculate numbers and things. I think about people in our own family who we know are older and are now with the Lord, where they constantly were pouring into the generations below them Mm -hmm. and refused to just like go on vacations and just sit by the beach all day and read a book and have nothing to do with like what's Mm -hmm. happening in the community. I'm like, that's what I want. That's where legacy is born. When you do this with your family, but then you do that with a community, you pass that baton on to other people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the church, we're right here. We're able to touch base with people who truly have needs. And so our call is for us to keep doing good in the name of Jesus. He gets the glory and you have gifts and skills and abilities that people need. So how can we get creative and use them for the glory of God? Um, Next up, verses 14 through 15, it says, take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you do a fellow believer. And so um, when we are talking about this, the, the goal is for people to realize that sinful life isn't life at all. And the goal is for them to come back, like we referenced 1 Corinthians 5 earlier. When it says that like they should feel ashamed, God created our bodies with the capacity to feel like, oh, I shouldn't have sure. done that. Guilt, shame, conviction. regret. Yeah. But that conviction is supposed to point us back to the Lord. Mm. If it leads us down a rabbit hole of, of self-hatred and condemnation, that's not the way of God. If you're hearing these voices saying, you should do this, you should do that, I can't mm-hmm. believe you are like this, that ain't the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the Holy, the Holy Spirit's voice is, is kind and encouraging, pointing you to the way of Christ. It's not condemning and accusatory. And so we have to remember that when we're walking in this. And then you want to conclude the letter for us? Sure. 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is distinguishedly marked in my letters. This is how I write. <laughs> I love this. This is personal. The grace of our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ be with you all. So listeners, may the God of peace be with you. And and here's the thing. He's faithful to do that. Yep. So we say thank you, God. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We're so grateful to be in Second Thessalonians with you. And mm-hmm. we're moving on. Yep. More books of the Bible to come. Yeah. God bless you. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.